Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. It's really a great movie. It's a lovely movie, yes. It's the name of it. It's something and something. For love and... It's love and mercy. Love and mercy, yeah. Love and it. mercy. That's it. I yeah. would recommend it. I just... I wanted these people to... Uh, you know what? To be honest, I didn't want them to sing any Beach Boy songs. I wanted the Beach Boys. You wanted the Beach Boys. Just show me clips. Tack it up, tack show it up. Show me clips, you know. Anyway. Unless they could bring out Captain Geach. Captain Geach <laughs> and the <laughs> Shrimp Shack <laughs> Shooters. <laughs> yeah. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Let me just play off what we just heard a little bit about my comments on the first three acts. I have the text if you need them. <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> I went back. This is going to be a show about food. We're going to do the Beach Boys in a very short amount of time. I went back and I watched the rest of the show. I did not particularly like Weezer. I did not like Little Big Town doing Help Me Rhonda. There's other things I didn't like, okay? But then I went back and I watched the show, and I will just say that Leanne Rimes doing Caroline No was one of the greatest things I've ever seen on Respectful television. of the song, but added her own interpretation. Just tremendous. Who? What were the texts I wrote you? Uh, you want me to go all the way back? Yeah. This is Tony, as predicted. I loved Brandy. It's hard for me not to read my Tony voice into this, so I'll try and stay away from that. <laughs> I loved Brandy Carlisle yeah. and Charlie Puth, too, whoever he is. Michael Rivers. McDonald was tremendous on Don't Worry Baby with Take Six, exclamation point, times two. And I like the guy doing Do It Again. I told you, Michael, I told you it was stacked a bit at the end. Dad goes back. Tony. Lady Antebellum is great on Surferboard. Great. I never thought I'd say this. I love Fallout Boy. Yes. Never thought I'd, I'd hear that. Fallout Boy. And they look I like they look like ruffians. They look like they're going to hit you. <laughs> and they were great. I have to play for you the theme song from the Spidey and His Amazing Friends, which is for the six. Is that Fallout Boy? I mean, they're, they're earworms for the millennial generation who has to listen to this stuff in the car driving to and from swim lessons that may or may not be working. Ooh, <laughs> Leanne Rhymes. This is a great version of Carolina, and I love Andy Grammer, whoever he is. Right, I don't know who he is. Yeah. Like uh, yes, so you... Who was that? Who was the the man and the woman? Uh, the woman was blonde in a black dress, and the man had on a nicely cut British kind of suit, and he had sort of long hair. Um, I think the woman you're thinking they of... They did fun, did she fun, have, fun. They yeah, did great. she have dramatic eye makeup? Yes, very uh, much so. so. she was on Gossip Girl about 15 years ago. What's her name? Her name is Taylor Mon- Monson. Uh, they were great. They had all the right energy. The, the show got better and better and better and better. And I, I just want to say that. And But we got a note from Norwegian Soft Kitten. Yes. Because I had mentioned that when... Um, John Legend had done Sail on Sailor, I thought that was a Carl Wilson song. And I got this from Greg and Allen of Norwegian Soft Kitten. Our guitarist, Glenn, grew up listening to the Beach Boys, and Glenn spit out nearly an entire mouthful of large curd cottage cheese into the sink. Four percent. When he heard Tony say it was Carl Wilson who sang the song Sail on Sailor, it was Blondie Chaplin who sang Sail on Sailor. Blondie Chaplin was added to the Beach Boys, you know, a million years ago and, and left after that. But I remember Blondie Chaplin. Uh, so, yeah, so I got that wrong. Anyway, this show is about food. This show is about it's food. It's about how last night you bustered me. What does that mean? To Buster. I mean, because you I think I brought a, I in the son I never message. had, No, Pablo? the son that you always wanted. <laughs> I get a text message. I'm having a barbecue with Pablo. Hey, stop by if you want. But you sent a message to me at 548 as we're, as we're finishing dinner and getting ready for bath time. Well, like, and I have to send you an awkward text later, a picture of me and the captain, hoping that it will, that it will, that it will meet your standards, that you'll show Pablo... 
No, I get nothing in return, and I have to tell you that the little guy has a fever, and we're trying to keep him away from your guest. I know, so that was very kind of you. How was I, the chicken? I waited till the last <laughs> Hope you chicken it. was good. <clears throat> we'll talk to Pablo about the chicken. He's going to be on the show. Um, to be bustered. That's funny. I go. Out, so I the talked back. to you the day before, and when Pablo didn't show up, and I didn't want to keep pressing. I even said, "Would you and Liz and the boys like to come over?" Full court I, press. Yeah, I so did that, and looks I did. like you make the effort for Pablo. <laughs> I'm in a no win here. I'm in a no win. This is what happens when you have your family on the show. That's what I warned Pablo about. Um, let me get to my dad's chips. Uh, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. I'm afraid I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Gary Edel. Maybe it's Gary Edel. Maybe it's Gary Edel. Hmm. He was the guy who did the Roto Talk Show. I'm going with Edel. Oh, that's Edel? right. Edel? Okay. Edel. And he has my dad's chips. I had a... Here's what he sent us. He sent us two small chips, one barbecue and one salt and balsamic vinegar, and three large bags of regular chips. And I know that my son believes that I hoard, but I divided this. You split the I spoils. divided yes. this right down the seams, okay? I kept the small salt and balsamic vinegar. It's great. <laughs> very, it's great. You were very I happy. I have not had the regular chips. You've had them. Yes. I'm you, surprised you would try a balsamic vinegar chip. What does yeah, it taste like? I don't know. It has a certain salty quality to it i i can't describe it it's not that it's indescribable it's just that i'm not capable of describing it you know like salt and vinegar those chips that are salt and vinegar but it's It's, better it's a little sweeter no a little tang to it tang yes have you tried the viral internet fake coke where you put balsamic vinegar into like a club soda do terrible. I ever go on the internet? How would I know about this? I, don't know, I thought you were a TikTok guy. You see all those commercials. <laughs> no, I don't. no, so this is great. So yeah. my dad's chips is great. Did you try them yet? I've not tried them. I'm, oh. I'm very impressed that you saved the bag and it appears that you've ironed it out. I saved the bag because I wanted to make sure I got it right. So and, and, and Very, very pleased with the, but, the, the regular chips. Yeah, terrific. But much more important today, today, my friend Tom Jones, not that Tom Jones, he's got a guy at CAA. And the guy at CAA is, I think, a little. And the little, his friend is a guy named Adam Goldberg. That's right. And Adam Goldberg makes bagels in Connecticut, right? And the name of his bagels, Michael? Not famous, but known. Well, no, that's pop-up. no. Oh, that's, no, the, that's the slogan. Pop up bagels. I ruined your uh, your intro. Pop up bagels. bagels. Pop up bagels, which are not famous, but but known. But known. Yes. So this was Tom Jones said he wants to make bagels for you. I said, sure, great. You know, that's wonderful. And he showed me a picture of the bagels. And Okay, fine, great. And then I find out he's going to go to Columbia, and he's going to bake the bagels at Columbia in the Columbia kitchen, which is normally reserved for corned beef and cabbage, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, he's, it, his bagels are very, very highly respected. Yes. Tell the story, because you, you, you did the legwork. Yes, well, I went, I went to meet Adam this morning at Columbia. I'm eating one now. Yeah, uh, I sampled it earlier. Fantastic. Wonderful fellow. Absolutely lovely. Uh, he actually did not bake He's a them. bagel maker. If you want to talk about getting busted, he's a bagel maker, Michael. <laughs> right. So he didn't actually bake them on the premises at, at Columbia. but at He a, baked them at a guy's house. At a member's house that was not very far away. Met me there right on time. Um, 
And then how do you do that? That takes stones to be a baker and to go off site to use somebody visiting else's equipment? house. Yeah, how do you? You don't even know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to make bagels, but I think it's it's an opera. He's sent about thirty bagels. Yes, I, well, he's the pro from Dover. I mean, he knows what he's doing. Um, and was. This did not appear to throw him off at all. I mean, he was not like harried, like, oh, my God, it's been such Let a crazy say morning. We, yeah. are, we have been involved, and we swear by Bethesda Bagels. Yes. And in no way am I trying to undercut Bethesda Bagels, because we are grateful for Bethesda Bagels. Absolutely. I'm just saying these things are great. It's terrific. Yeah, and it's a wonderful— These are freshly done and— Yeah, I, and I would say this— slight... It's nice to try Connecticut-style bagel. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and, and they're great. And he sent along some hats. Yes. Yeah. I, how, I would you, how would you describe the crust? The crumb? I would describe the crust as closer to the surface than most. It's not a large bagel. It's not a muffin bagel. They are smaller by design and so crustier crustier to me i the one bagel you've given me i like a lot i i don't know when i should get bonnie <clears throat> bonnie should come by today and take some bagels i don't know when bonnie listens but if bonnie is listening before she goes into work i'll call her later but she should come by and bring some bagels to the people at work absolutely because we have it's just it's too, too many, many bagels too many but it's a wonderful gesture he did he was talking about adam how, goldberg adam was telling me about how the business has really sort of picked up, and they've got all these celebrities who are involved in it. He listed some athletes whose names I can't remember now. He did say Paul Rudd was somehow involved. Paul as Rudd. A, so as we think supporter. Paul Rudd's funny. We love Paul Rudd. He yes. doesn't look like he eats a lot of bagels, though. Does no. Not, no. Paul Rudd's from Kansas City, right? That's right. Childhood friends with uh, with uh, John Hamm and Joe Buck, I believe. And Joe Buck. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, it's <clears throat> it's soon to be. Slightly famous and known, you know. Right now, it's it's you know, um, what's the what's the slogan again? Not famous, not famous, yeah, but known. Yeah, they're gonna. Well, they how get would famous. people get them? I well, guess they have a website. I think yes. you can ask them to come visit your country club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pop up bagels. He's headed down to Augusta right after this. You know, for those. They do, he did put some pimento cheese in the box. The, yeah, lots of kinds of great, uh, great. There's a scallion. So this is cheese. this is a really great day. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, um, yeah, it's a really great day to get these bagels. And it's always dicey when we sort of plan these things. We don't do this often. Well, I think Bef I wrote you that this has disaster written all over it, and it's not going to work. Well, at one point he says, I'm just a couple of minutes away. I'm right down the street from Columbia. Do you want to meet me? Did you say bagels for Tom? Uh, you were supposed to give Tom three bagels. I did not see Tom. Tom was not at the no, drop. The drop was like a spy mission. Well, it felt Tom like it. Tom said, save some bagels for him. Well, I can certainly bring some over. We're, 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 well, we can work the logistics yeah, out for that, but yes. I didn't know what to Tom do with Tom doesn't those. get to the podcast till six days later, so the bagels are going to not be good. He doesn't listen until six days later. <laughs> yeah, I'll reach out to Tom after the show. Yeah. But I, yeah, it was sort of this, like, as he said, a very sketchy early morning bagel drop-off. like, I don't do these I, all that so, often. But I mean, I'm thrilled by this. Yes. And they're yes. really good. Wonderful guy and just really good bagels. So we're very happy. What do you think, Michael? Uh, it's it's a great bagel, and what's been so and fun. And you'll take is, a few home. Uh, th there's been a bagel renaissance in this city. In this city, yeah. yeah but I'm yeah. just saying that like, to then. Well, have, I, I think uh, call your mother had something to do with it. Yeah, and then now uh, you have Bullfrog. I mean, Bullfrog yeah. was dropping Bullf off the bagels. Bullfrog at, uh, has has a truck. They have a truck right where I go to physical oh, therapy yeah, yeah. on Wisconsin Avenue. Bullfrog yeah. has a truck there. The old Volvo station. Yeah, I've I've never had. Are there are they good? 
Yes, it, it's it is by design. What you're describing is it's another smaller bagel, even smaller than this. Uh, I think the big test, and you would speak to this, is do you want a bagel toasted? It's easier to mask a mediocre bagel if it's toasted versus untoasted. This was an untoasted, fresh baked bagel that you're yeah. trying today. So it's, and you're I got not the best toaster anything. in America. I got Revolution. Revolution toast. There is no better toast. But I would rather have I. My preference is hot and not toasted. That's, I mean, in the best of all possible bagel worlds. Like fresh out of the oven, hot. Yeah. Okay, now, what, now, what I don't want is people who don't have any idea what they're doing say, yeah, I'll bake you I'll some bagels. Bake bagels. I'll bring them over. Here's no. a box of, or a bag of lenders. <laughs> no. Fresh out the freezer. Yeah, no. Don't want that. Don't. So please, please no, don't do is, that. You know, and now, if Buster wants to offer this up for us, we could certainly discuss that. Right? If we could get Buster <laughs> to make bagels for us. That would be fantastic. It would be. Only thing yeah. better would be to have a fresh glass of milk from a cow that he milked that morning as well. I think that would be great. <laughs> I think that would be great. So you're upset? Do I have this correct? You're upset that, that I didn't invite you here? Well, we're not, well let's he just say here four different times. Well, let's just say with 9.38 and first pitch happened in the Nats-Angels game, I had my glove ready to go over to your house. <laughs> just tossing back and forth to myself. <laughs> yeah. So How was the chicken? Well, we'll ask Pablo. Great. We'll ask Pablo. Undercooked, I imagine. <laughs> There's a story to the chicken. We, we almost had an unbelievable disaster. We ran out of propane. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'll tell that story. Okay. You know, I'll tell it to Pablo. Pablo Torre, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. She took to the mound, the long, lanky dame. Got him one, two, three in the opening frame. The second and the third, it was more the same. The night Louis Gluck pitched a perfect game. <laughs> I'm tired of having hands in the fourth inning, she said. In the fifth, she cried, I think I can remember being dead. In the sixth, she was dominant. The hitters, they looked lame. The night Louis Gluck pitched a perfect game a hardliner in the seventh but in her glove it died she shrugged and muttered you will never be satisfied three strikeouts in the eighth as three more outs she claimed the night louise glick pitched a perfect game birth not death is the hard loss she said and came out for the ninth the count reached two and two the batter looked at a third strike she cried out you get on a train you disappear the hitter he was helpless she found another gear and with two out in the night she still was throwing flames the night louise gluck pitched a perfect game they begged her for a quote before her shower she said the unsaid for me exerts great power <laughs> then she ambled to the dugout grabbed some soap and ditched her clothes said nakedness in women is always opposed. The ball is now in Cooperstown in the Hall of Fame from the night Louis Gluck 
pitched a perfect game. The night Louis Gluck pitched a perfect game. The brilliant Dan Byrne about Louise Gluck from my high school, who has apparently won the Nobel Prize for literature. All of the lines he used, he says, are real from her poetry, which is just, why don't you just take an axe and chop off your own head rather than read these things? But that's a brilliant song. It is. It's totally brilliant song. I hope she song. gets to hear that. Oh, she does. She's a baseball fan? It, I doubt it. Plays in Pablo Torre. Was over here yesterday. I was in town because let's start with this. You came to town to go to the Easter egg roll at the White House. Am I correct? Yes, Tony. Uh, or I'd like to call it um, Parent Coachella. I don't know if you know what Coachella is, Tony, but no. it is exactly a music festival uh, combined with Disneyland. And just like at the actual Coachella, by the end, you're deeply dehydrated and thinking to yourself, was this all worth it? <laughs> How did you get an invite to that? I never was invited to that. How did you get one? It, it, I should say that it was actually a pleasure. <laughs> um, and thank you to the White House, I should say. Um, none of the things that one may assume um, led to this invite were the things that led to this invite. Not my relationship with you, not because I once managed to book Barack Obama for the PTI 20th anniversary special without your knowledge, none of that. It was just because my sister has a friend who works for Kamala Harris, and it was like, okay, great, so I can be one of the plus ones in a plus eight? Fantastic. Well, that's so how it I works. That's always yeah. how it works. It's the, it's the thing you least expect. Somebody is, is able to make that connection. How, how were you, did you go to the White House? You had a beautiful day. Did you do it in shifts? Uh, was every, was, were there hundreds? Were there thousands? What, what was it like? Thousands upon thousands of toddlers and really? their parents descended upon the White House in waves, pre-scheduled waves, the line before the line, before the line, before the line, sponsors' tents popping up, you thinking you were there only to realize that this youth band that was playing next to you was just a, a purgatory that you were trapped in, as it turned out. Um, Tony, a child got lost at the White House while I was there. I should not bury the lead here. Yeah. And so <laughs> I was in a line of hundreds of people among the thousands, and the line was dragging, and we were waiting there and waiting there in the beautiful recruiting trip weather of Washington, D.C., blue sky, sunny. And, uh, and a Secret Service agent um, nearby, I, I, I managed to pull him aside and say, like, hey, um, I don't want to be a diva or anything, but this line's taking a long time. What's, what's, what's up? Is this normal? And he said, a child has gone missing. And I thought to myself, this wow. is either the best or worst place for a child to go missing, um, the White House grounds. And uh, we were stuck there. We were stuck there as they had to go retrieve the child. And eventually, um, the child was located. Um, blame was then uh, assigned to all parties involved, the parents as well as the child. Was the parent missing? Was the child missing? These are the details that my investigation... Did they toss? Did they toss the parent and the child like Rudy Gobert? <laughs> did they say get out of oh, here? Yeah, yeah. Like Rudy Gobert, they were grounded for a very long time thereafter. Wow! Yes. Wow! And so, is there a souvenir for your daughter Violet? Is there something that she will take home forever, and you never have to do this again? Oh yeah, just uh, truly um, dozens of photos of varying quality, mostly mostly terrible, huh. and then you get a, a beautiful. Um, on the way out, uh, a Derek Jeter gift basket of sorts. They give you a wooden egg 
with the White House insignia, which I will hold in front of Violet, who is three, in front of her face for years to come and say, look what I did for you, yeah. even though your brain doesn't have the capacity to remember this. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, let's get to the, the most important question. How was the chicken last night? Michael <laughs> wants to know. He hoped I burned it. How was the chicken? Yeah. Michael, I regret to inform you that your dad actually um, is a pretty good cook. I, I, He's I bound to the clock. About this. <laughs> <laughs> I have buried the lead here again because what I did last night um, was attend a Tony Kornheiser fantasy camp. Um, <laughs> I was granted admission to a house um, whose details I don't think I'm legally nope, allowed nope, to reveal in nope, any depth. Nope. But I walked in, was informed by all parties of my um, restrictions upon free speech, and then was told that I am part of an exclusive club um, who have entered the home and said home, which will remain vague for the purposes of this conversation and hereafter. Um, it, it involved uh, you, well, I, I would say it involved you going right to the grilling of the chicken, but this is well, where I actually was helpful, it turned out. Yes, because Carol, I don't, I, I grill. I don't turn the burners on. I don't turn the burners off. My specialty is the grilling. So just the actual grilling. Yes. It's like how you never turned your computer on at the post. Never. <laughs> never. I have never, I must have three million messages at ESPN. I've never accessed them and never intend to. <clears throat> so Carol turns on the grill, and then we go to uh, the Alexa machine, and we say, or I say, could you please give me a five-minute timer? At the end of five minutes, I, I believe the grill is ready. So I go out after five minutes holding the chicken. I'm ready to grill, and there's no heat. Mm -hmm. So, Pablo, why don't you pick it up from there? Because Pablo was of great aid yesterday. I should say that I'm completely useless in every way in a kitchen, but what I am aware of is when um, there is no flame, uh, you need to replace the tank. Yeah. And luckily, luckily, as an able-bodied 37-year-old, um, I was qualified to unscrew the gas tank and lift it so that Carol did not have to do it. And Tony, of course, who was supervising the entire operation as per the rules and regulations about whether he touches anything or not. Right. Um, <laughs> he did not have to do that either. And I just want to say, um, I felt stronger than I felt in about a decade. Yeah. Just so, lifting that tank off, putting yeah. the new one on, I felt so helpful in ways that... It, um, everybody honestly, worked. Like, I was like a Boy Scout yeah. in, in a real way. I was like, I got a badge. What badge <laughs> did I just earn here? Yeah, well, everybody helped. And then the chicken was good, right? The chicken was, was good, and worked. there were potatoes, it and there were asparagus. It's the thing where you always undersell yourself, which I understand to be a strategic thing and also maybe a defense mechanism. But, of course, it was, it was really good. It was lovingly tended to. You took a call from, can I mention who you took a call from sure. while grilling? In the, sure. So Al Michaels called, <laughs> and, it's, of course, Tony of course. Kornheiser grilling with one hand, talking to Al Michaels, <laughs> glass of wine somehow in a third hand. We're both drinking red on, I can't even describe the part of the house, I guess, technically for the legal restrictions, but we're there in this part of the house, and it's just like, of course, this is how, you know, 7 o'clock on a Tuesday goes at this house. Well, every once in a while, every once in a while. So tell the people what your new project is, what your new job is, and what you're going to do. Yeah, so I, I should say that I have a new job. I am not leaving Grandpa Tony. I'm not leaving you. 
Um, I kissed you on your ear while we were doing PTI, and by while we were doing, I mean when I crashed the shot at the beginning of PTI. Yeah, but that was yes. good. That was fun for people. It was right. good. That was and fun. It did occur to me that the entire reason that um, you were in this basement was because of the pandemic, and here I am soaring in with an unasked-for kiss, but I digress. I'm still going to be doing PTI, still doing Around the Horn, but I'm going to work for um, the sweatiest <laughs> man in sports media, uh, our friend Dan Levitard at Meadowlark Media. And so I am going to be hosting and producing and developing a new show, a digital show, a podcast with a video aspect. We spent so much time last night. I spent so much time badgering you. We walked Chessy around your neighborhood. I spent so much time asking you about your philosophy, as you put it, about about the show that I'm calling into right now. Yeah. And so all of this stuff is, is sinking into me. And I should say that www.pablo.show, this is my Indochino equivalent self-promotional ad. There's no promo code, but pablo.show is where I'll give updates on this thing. But it will be the product of both a, <laughs> of both a broken home insofar as I work for both ESPN and Dan Levitard, and also the influences of the people that, uh, I really have come to love and respect you, of course, Tony, foremost among them. So, you, you know, I mean, the question is, for anyone, when they put together a show, um, what is the most important stuff? I mean, cause I think you probably have to take talent for granted. Nobody's going to give you the show if, if you're a sturgeon. I mean, they're not going to do it. So you take the talent for granted, and they say, well, what do you want the show to be? Well, the show has to be, first and foremost, has to be entertaining. But I think you also, the most important thing for you starting out, and that doesn't mean you'll get it right the first time or even the first few times, is the people who sit with you. You know, they they have yeah. to be aligned with what you're thinking. You have to be able to trust them. You have to know that, you know, they're not in it for them. They're in it for all of you. You know what I mean? And like, it, there's, no. it, yeah. that's the hard part. The hard part, I mean, I'm very, very fortunate, obviously, working with Nigel, working with Michael, and having people come over over some long period of time. They know me and they know the show. But that's really important because you can't, you can't ever be sort of afraid, oh, do they have not even my best interests in mind, do they have our best interests in mind, right? Don't you think, Michael, that that's an important thing? I do. You know, you got to have that. You got to have that trust and... Because, well, I mean, you got the talent. I, I, well, you, you know how taking, to talk. Taking yeah. talent for granted is a good tagline for the show, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then I do want all the littles to know that apparently my next task is to conduct a global, a truly global, global casting call for my own Nigel, for my own Michael, um, whether they involve my literal family members or other people with British accents that I may encounter. <laughs> yeah. um, these are things that I've thought about over the last now nine hours in ways that are startling to me. Um, but I have, I, I, it's, you, you said something last night and Carol said that she had never heard you say this before. Um, and thank you. you. Her, was was that, what did I say? Thank you for the first time. <laughs> Okay. So what did I say? Well, you had, this, you had this philosophy of your show as a club. Yeah. A club that anyone can join. Yeah, it's easy. And yeah. Yes. And, and Carol said, I've never heard you say this before. And you said, well, you never asked. And so I felt like, okay, wow. Okay, this is, this, I'm writing this stuff down now. This is all. But I want to form my own club. And so the fact that we had our conversation about a club that anyone can join inside of 
a club that only me and Al Michaels apparently can join was <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Look, um, I'm, I'm sure the show is going to go well because you've done this on ESPN and you know how to do it. And it's just a question of sort of being comfortable with the people around you and then realizing, and I, this is, I, maybe this is the hard thing, the realization that even though you have a plan every day of what you want to do, that you, don't, you may not even consult that. Something may happen in the 30 seconds before you sit right. down and you say, okay, that's, that's where we're going to go. That's where we're going today. Um, and you also asked, and, and I don't know how this happened, and Nigel's been with me f- for the longest time. When did we start using emails? Because emails are really good. Emails help the connective tissue more than me just talking. Wh- whose yeah. idea was it to use emails? Because whoever idea it was... Couldn't have been it's, mine. It's the right idea. I don't know whose it was. It's too good of an idea. I can't remember if we did it right when I joined the show. I don't think we did. No. Um, I don't think so. It might so. have been when, when we went over to, to TOP and we're working with them. That might have been sort of the way we reformatted things. I but don't it's, know. But Do yeah. you remember, Michael? I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I think that that's... I'm guessing it was Gary's idea. It could have been Gary's idea. because he was idea. always ahead of technology. Yeah, well, <laughs> Gary or, or maybe Greg's. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But I think that's... What's well, a way for them to be on the show, for the listeners to be on the show that's, without them taking yeah, over the Yeah, that's show. Pablo. That's how the club exists. Because everybody can be a part of it, and you can read their stuff on the air. I mean, most of what we get, we don't read, but that which we read is always pretty good. Yeah, and you'll yeah. you'll find that people send you things, and you know, yeah. and then if you get really songs. lucky, bagels. Send me songs, by the way. Oh, can you can steal. yeah, you can get songs. <laughs> you can steal. Well, you can. Steal, they can send you songs as well as us. Partner. Yeah, yeah. No, it's incredible. What you but all which is to say. As a listener of your show, as a member of that club, as somebody who marvels at the particular, you know, again, we keep saying the word philosophy, but it's more than that. It's it's a spontaneous, um, it's a spontaneous chemistry, but it's also, it, 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 it feels like, I mean, you said something to me, Tony, last night too, and I don't want to share all the state secrets here, but you pointed out how, for all of the ways in which you and I can both be unrelatable to people, your way of observing the world and your complaints about, and this is where you and I are different, of course, you have a lot more complaints than me, but I aspire to have the complaints that you have such that it resonates with people. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to do Tony Kornheiser karaoke, but I also want to figure out in what ways can a guy with my background be somebody who, yeah, I hope, by the way, in the course of just living my life, this is obvious. But, yes, I want to invite people into my life in a way that Good. I really haven't yet before, which yeah. is terrifying, but also... No, nah, you know, you'll find it easy. Look, in terms of relatability, you know, if Donald Trump can convince 50% of the people in America that he's on their side, even though he's a billionaire, <laughs> you, know, you know, if he can do it, you can do it. You know, you can just say, that Harvard degree, I made that up. I didn't really go there. <laughs> You know, I no, went to community right. college. All right, I'll talk yeah, to you many later. Many are saying. Thank many you. Many are saying community college, yeah. All right. Thank you. Pablo Torre, boys and girls. We'll take a break. Brian Windhorst, when we return, we'll talk to Brian about once again getting his hair cut uh, while we're doing the show. I'm Tony Kornheiser. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The average concert is just too long. They gotta cut the time of the concert down. So here's a new rule they'll only be allowing. 15 seconds in between songs. 15 seconds in between songs. Hey, Mr. Springsteen, your stories are fine. How you drove across that New Jersey line. But your story's too long, you broke the code. You'll be penalized a first verse of Thunder Road. Hey, Paul, when you expound upon the early Beatles days when it was you and John. But 22 seconds just ain't right. Please eliminate the first verse of Hard Day's Night. 15 seconds in in between songs, 15 seconds, he can do no wrong. We got things to do, please move it along. 15 seconds in between songs. Hey, Neil Young, it's cool that you mine your tales of Woodstock in 69. But get that story quickly told and hit that first chord of Heart of Gold. 15 seconds, 15 seconds, 15 seconds in between songs. I mean, he's brilliant. I mean, come on. <laughs> Dan right. Byrne is brilliant to take a, to satirize the pitch clock in baseball it's and amazing. you know and say you you know to Paul McCartney you can't do Hard Day's Night. You waited too long. It's just totally brilliant. I was going to say Michael if people like Dan Byrne want to send us their songs, but Dan Byrne is in a class by himself. Yes, he but is. But if average people with songs want to send them in, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. Brian Windhorst joins us now, and I suppose that at some point I will ask him about the games last night because I don't even know what happened. Uh, I don't have any idea who won. I watched 15 seconds of the Miami Heat against the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks were up by about 10 or 11 in the third quarter, and I said, why am I watching this? So I, I stopped. But more importantly, it, it is the dovetailing of Brian's grooming habits <laughs> – and our show that needs to be talked about. Can you explain to people where I'm going with this, please? Uh, yeah, I don't. I can't quite understand it. And I thought about this a lot ever since Nigel called me yesterday to schedule this interview, <laughs> because this is the third time this NBA season that you have asked me to come on at the very almost time that I'm getting a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of amazing. And the last time I was on, I think I was explaining to you because I had to move the time, and I used the haircut as an excuse. And I thought they will suspect that I'm just making this up, and it's it's I don't want to be disrespectful, so I I wanted to explain that in fact, yes, I was getting a haircut, and so here we are again. So and the interesting, yeah, the interesting thing to me, of course, and Brian has great hair. I have no hair, and Brian has great hair, so he needs to take care of it, but. I then said, and this Kelleher went crazy when he heard this. I then said to Brian before, you know, we went on the air, I said, well, you mean you don't have anybody come to your house and cut your hair? And, and Kelleher, of course, felt that this was uh, once again grist for the mill of the new show, The One Percenters. Because, I mean, it just seemed to me that that's what everybody has. So, but you don't have that. Now that I've mentioned it to you, isn't that something you would like? 
to have someone come to your house? Sure. I think what's interesting, though, is that you later mildly complained about the cost of that service. <laughs> well. Which um, kind of went against the point. It was uh, what, what, what the kids call a humble brag. <clears throat> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I respect it. Yeah, I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's what you should be going for. It's like last night when Pablo was here and then he left. And, of course, he went, he got uber black. And I looked at him and he said, well, you didn't think I was not going to do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, this is the way life should be. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask, and this is sort of my general complaint, 20 of 30 teams in the NBA are involved in the playoffs. 20 of 30. Like, so you, you do an 82-game season to, to eliminate 10 teams. What is... And, and I say that liking. I like the play-in format. I wish the play-in format was used for a whole set of rounds because I don't want to see four out of seven most of the time. What are your thoughts on 20 out of 30? Well, I always say to people, why, is the NBA, why are all NBA series best of seven? Yeah. And they, they come up with four or five answers, and sometimes they're really good, but they're not the right answer. The right answer is because they can't get away with best of nine. (laughs) (laughs) And so I have to correct you uh, before I hear from the NBA uh, legal team that these are not technically playoff games, sir. Um, And the reason that they're not playoff games is because all these guys have bonuses and stuff in their contracts uh, for making the playoffs, Uh, you know, you know, in team incentives, they call them. And so when they came up with this, which was an effort to get more money, yeah, um, <clears throat> it was it would have, uh, you know, cost potentially more money if they had to pay bonuses. So, like, if somebody scored 100 points uh, last night or tonight, it technically wouldn't count. These statistics go into the void. They, I'm sure somebody's keeping them somewhere, but they don't count for regular season and they don't count for postseason. LeBron did not pad his records in, in postseason scoring or regular season scoring with his 30 points last night. And, you know, Adam Silver, and, and this I am almost certain to get a call from the league office with what I'm about to say, for all that Adam Silver has purportedly done to um, create more rest for teams, he's really only overseen the creation of more games. Uh, you know, they, yes, they have reduced back-to-backs and they have reduced, they have eliminated four and five nights. But as we see teams resting because uh, they complain about how long the schedule is, they've actually, under Adam Silver's watch, only added more games. And we now have the possibility, right now teams can play up to 84 games before the playoffs. The Timberwolves uh, and Heat will play their 84th games on Friday. If a team reaches the new, brand-new mid-season tournament that will be coming to your television or streaming service next year, they will have to play the teams that play in the championship game of that will have to play an extra game. So it is going to be theoretically possible beginning next year that you could play 85 regular season games before beginning the playoffs. 85 games that nobody actually cares about, um, which is remarkable to me. But as I said before, I like the play-in format. I do. There's <clears throat> there's something on the line. It's right there. I like the wild card in baseball. Wilbon says there are too many teams in baseball in the playoffs. There's like 12 
and there's 30 or so in the NBA, but Wilbon loves the NBA. Well, but do you like the play-in NFL. format? Yeah. I do. I mean, well, yeah, think about the NFL. In the last uh, two years, three years, the NFL was like, okay, we're making a bunch of billions. Does anybody here know? Anybody here have a good idea how we can make more billions? And somebody said, what if we have more games? <laughs> and they were like, that's brilliant. So they were like, yeah. all right. Let's, how about week 17? Okay, jam that down their throat. That's going to be hard. But I'll bet if we give an extra wild card, people are going to like that. Yeah, that could be an extra game. That's a lot of money. Um, I do like the play-in format. And if you uh, you didn't watch last night, and no. I wish I hadn't had to stay up so late, Tony, because the late game went to overtime. But on a Tuesday night in the spring, when there's not a lot going on, there was a lot of juice in that. And quite frankly, a lot of people were probably betting on these games. And I... So they play. They had two playing games last night, two tonight, two on Friday, before starting the playoffs uh, fully on Saturday. I think it's probably a mistake not to have games Thursday night. Um, they probably should start should alter the schedule and start at least two playoff series that are already established on Thursday night, because you know part of this is you want your your partner your television partners will want to have it on anyway. Yes, because it's going to do better than anything else. It's live sports, and frankly. A big part of American sports right now is servicing the betting public. You know, if you were a Lakers fan or a Wolves fan, you were glued to that, but you were also possibly glued to it because it was coming right down to um, various bets. So um, it would not surprise me if if this is just an extravaganza that, ex- that extends. Um, and, look, last night's game, it was terrible basketball, but it was no doubt entertaining. So if I understand this correctly, by winning last night, both Atlanta and the Lakers are in the playoffs now as the seventh yes. seed? They're in. Yes. yes. And now there's a fight for eight that will be between the two teams that lost last night and the winner of the other two play-in games. Right. There's two, two games tonight. Um, yeah. Pelicans are playing the Thunder, and the winner of that game will play Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, on Friday. And you've got the Battle Royale. Um, you better get some coffee so you can watch the Bulls at the Raptors. Um, the winner having to go down to Miami, probably tonight, immediately, as fast as they can for Friday's game against the Heat. So you, one of the things you said yesterday, because we asked you who you thought might be in the finals, and you said Milwaukee, which I agree with. And you also said Golden State. And I'm on the record as saying that I believe that Kevin Durant has made Phoenix the best team in all of basketball, which Wilbon scoffs at, and perhaps you do as well. But Golden State surprised me a little bit because they've really struggled this year. Um, Why do you like them so much? Well, I do think Phoenix absolutely could. Um, And I would not be surprised at all. And as I say this, I've been saying stuff like this for about a month now, and I have just infuriated the Nuggets and Kings fans. Because they, it drives them crazy that I and others like who have our jobs just assume that they can't get it done. Um, but I actually think that we're headed for a Suns-Warriors conference finals, which would, A, potentially be a spectacular series yes. amongst heavyweight stars, and B, be the four seed versus the six seed. Um, completely saying that I don't care about right. how well Denver played and, uh, and you know Memphis and all that stuff. Um, the thing about it is, it's it's a combination of things. One, 
it's a belief that the top of the West is is soft compared to other years. And Denver has the the first number one seed in the history of their franchise. I think they maybe 1968 or 1970 they came in. I, I don't know. They were an ABA team, so I don't know mm-hmm. the ABA history, but. Uh, they've never been a number one seed in the NBA before, and they finished the season after the All Star break, going twelve and eleven. Uh, it was not exactly an impressive no. run to the finish. Um, Sacramento is in the playoffs for the first time in seventeen years. Yeah, they really only have one guy in their rotation who has any significant playoff experience, uh, and that's Harrison Barnes, who won a ring with the uh, Warriors, um, and they rank twenty fourth in defense. And um, I just think that a team that, that's poor defensively, that doesn't have playoff experience, this is the definition of, of not making a run. And they have drawn the Warriors coming out of the gate. And the Warriors, you know, in the Western Conference, Tony, you could have a first-round series where you got to travel between um, San Francisco and New Orleans. You know, the Warriors get to drive 90 miles. Yeah, to Sacramento. Uh, yeah. And so – and then I look at so I saw so the top teams aren't blowing me out of the water. They've got some flaws, and even though Grizzlies, they're 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 two of their best big men are hurt, and their remaining big man, as good as he is, is a walking foul. He just fouls like crazy. Yeah. And so I'm just wor- I, I'm worried about all of these things. The Warriors have their full team back together now. I don't know what we're going to get from Wiggins immediately. But he's got this entire week to practice because while the playing games happen, everybody else is practicing and resting. And they've got their full team. Even Gary Payton, who they traded, who they, who they let walk away and then traded, and then he was hurt, he's back. They have their top eight guys from the team that won the title last year. They have a team that's been to six finals in nine years or something like that, in six and ten years. How am I supposed to not sort of in this scramble – look at that team and say, yes, they're all there. And so that's, that's why I'm leaning that way. Although I'm not like, you know, slapping down money. No, but that makes sense. That all makes sense. Thank you for being on. Enjoy your haircut. We'll try and <laughs> book you, you the next time you get a haircut too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll align that with you. Um, yeah. it will be a miracle. If it happens again, it will be a genuine miracle and I'll have to re-examine my life. <laughs> Brian Windhorst, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and some notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag Gonna read some for all of you folks That's John Nyswinger and Joe Arrow. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. I just Why want you? to play piano like that. 
It's lovely. Yeah. Why don't you do the Bethesda bagel? Well, we love Bethesda bagels. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location and the D.C. area nearest you. But we also love pop-up bagels as well. Thank you, Alex Goldberg. Yes, yes. yes. Um, before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, so you want to be a rock and roll star, then listen now to what I say. Just get an electric guitar and take some time and learn how to play. And with your hair swung right and your pants too tight, it's going to be all right. Then it's time to go downtown where the agent man won't let you down. Those are the birds um, from the early bird stuff, and they were great. Yeah. They were just great the birds thanks to our guests today pablo torre and brian windhorst thanks to our sponsors meundies butcher box grammarly and game time remember you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, spotify google play and odyssey get the show through apple Podcasts. please leave us a review i did not mention this the chicken that i made that was so good was butcher box chicken how about that butcher box chicken. did you give pablo a cutting from your ficus benjamina i did not no, I didn't. I, just, I didn't want to hurt you. If he got the weeping fit, then he could yeah. just always remember our time together. <laughs> From Todd in Bristow, Virginia. This morning, when I woke up, I noticed a small scratch on my forearm. Not much, only about two inches long, but looked awfully red and possibly infected. It's unclear how or when it showed up, but I suppose it's possible that my dog scratched me when we were playing yesterday afternoon. At any rate, I'm seeking your guidance since not only are you a doctor, but you're also the foremost authority on posing the question, should I go to the hospital? So what do you say, old sport? Should I? Thanks so much. I'll hang up and listen. I think you're good. I think you're good, Todd. From David Goldbitz, who writes, My mother worked as a registered nurse for more than 30 years in a Jewish nursing home here in Omaha, Nebraska. As such, she is familiar with your particular brand of neuroses, and she wanted me to let you know that the problem will resolve by itself. Don't touch it. Don't press on it. It doesn't need anything applied to it. It's just going to correct itself. The blood is going to reabsorb into his system. She says it was very common condition among residents in the nursing home. Do you hear that, Michael? He's ready for the nursing home. <laughs> P.S. Please accept my heartfelt gratitude for once again playing my friend Alexa Lash's beautiful songs oh, on the show. Sometimes great. I can't believe how talented she is. Her home great. bar, Bar Nancy in Miami, is hosting an EP uh, release party on April 28th at 9 p.m. It would be great if any local littles were to show up and support her, which is very nice. From our friend Sam Angel. As the self-proclaimed second biggest Orioles fan among the Littles, I concede only to one fan, and that fan is Joe Arrow. Homer Rose. I have to write to tentatively confirm Jim Considine's assertion that number 11 in question was Jeffrey Hammonds. Harold Reynolds was only on the Orioles for one year, 1993. During that year, he wore both number 25 and number 6, but according to BaseballReference.com, never wore number 11. More importantly, B.J. Surhoff did not join the Orioles until 1996, playing with them from then until the trade deadline in 2000, and then again after Cal retired from 2003 through 2005. Jeffrey Hammonds, who did wear number 11 with the Orioles, overlapped with Surhoff from 1996 until being traded, much to my 13-year-old heart's dismay, for Willie Green in August of 1998. I opened this email by saying I could tentatively confirm Mr. Consonine's assertion. That is because Willie Green himself took Hammonds as number 11 for the rest of the 1998 season. Given the presence of heavy jackets, it is possible that this photo was taken in late 1998 and it is Green, not Hammonds, who is visible. It could also be Delino DeShields, who played with the Orioles and wore number 11 in 1999 and 2000 alongside Cal and Surhoff. If anyone in the photo is wearing a hat, that would go a long way to clearing this up. For one year only, the Orioles wore hats with an ornithologically correct bird oh, that yeah. featured a wide tail feather and sharper beak. That year was 1998. If it was the simpler realistic bird, it was pre-1998, would have to have been Hammonds. If it is the more detailed but with a sleeker tail feather, it would be post-1998 and would have to be DeShields. If it's the 1998 hat, it could be an early game with Hammonds or a late game with Green. That last step of detective work will have to fall to you. 
This level of baseball uniform trivia nerddom can only take me so far. I might recommend the radical step of Googling Jeffrey Hammonds to see if the person in question looks like him. How great is this? It's from phenomenal. Sam Angel. Yeah. How great is this? It's good work, Sam. Chuck and Roxy, episode 79, Eat It, Matt Janice. Top 20. Well so done. it's just, yeah, that is just Sir, Sure, he was watching Mountain Castle last night. Just great. <laughs> uh, from Jim Zunick, Z-E-U-N-I-K. Like Tony, I've been a huge Beach Boy fan for several decades. The reason for the unfamiliar names in the band's lineup is the fracture that occurred several years ago. Mike Love sued and won the rights to the Beach Boys name. His lineup tours separately and does not include original members Brian Wilson and Al Jardine. If Tony wants to hear some truly remarkable covers of Beach Boy songs, not the lousy versions on the TV tribute, watch or listen to the Fender Tones on YouTube. They'll come as close as you'll find to recreating the originals of Good Vibrations, Dance, 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 God Only Knows. You even see Mike Love and Bruce Johnston joining the Fender Tones on Surf's Up. Um, in your discussion about the Beach Boys from Dennis Bounds in Redmond, Washington, in your discussion about the Beach Boys, reference was made to the Hanson brothers, three brothers who were famous as a musical group in the 90s. Like you, I am unfamiliar with their music because I'm almost as old as you. But when she mentioned them, the first thought that came to my mind was the other Hanson brothers, <laughs> the three lovable goons from the movie Slapshot. Surely you remember that trio. Cross-check that. I do remember that. Paul Newman's in that movie. Paul Newman's great <clears throat> in that, yes. Um, from Jesse Hammock. The f- this is amazing how many people look at the photographs that we put on the PTI set. The photograph of B.J. Surhoff behind you on the PTI set was taken at the end of Game 6 of the 1997 AL Championship Series. The Orioles lost one nothing in 11 to the Indians and were eliminated from the playoffs after a 98-win season. Number 11 in the photo is Jeffrey Hammonds. I believe it appeared in the Washington Post October 16, 1997. It accompanied your column entitled Baltimore or Less on the Power of the Google Machine. By the way, I listened to Monday's pod and was again reminded that nobody, and I mean nobody, gives a more sincere thank you than Chuck Culpepper. He always sounds so profoundly grateful at the end of his segments. It is quite charming. Oh, and can you tell Tim Paris to eat it? That's really good. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Jesse, the guy who hates Rick Springfield. Jesse Hammond. By the way, uh, Al Michaels. So if somebody can help me with this, um, what Al was calling about was I had mentioned uh, the all-Missouri series. Mm-hmm. The Missouri series between, in 1985, between St. Louis and, yeah. and Kansas City. And I had written a column about traveling from one of those cities to another. And Al insisted it was on I-70. I thought it was on I-40. But Al loved the column. It had a lot of rock and roll lyrics in it, if I recall correctly. And so he wanted me to get that and send it to him. So if somebody can find that for me, I mean, the key phrases would, would be, you know, the, the, the road that we were on. We were driving on them. I think it was Lupica and me and maybe Ryan. I'm not certain about that. From Ashley Porter, who was the principal at Morganton Road Elementary School in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I noticed on Monday's PTI show that part of the background eye candy was a prestigious appearing, handsomely framed page one award. Having been made curious by this august accolade, some quick interwebs research found a mention of the award by the recipient himself in a piece from the Washington Post written in March of 1989. However, it was in this column that a revelation was unmasked by Dr. Tony. The page one award was as a result of his taking steroids, gerund juice to be exact. (laughs) The fact that you were prescient regarding steroids and their place in sports and who knew sports writing as well is certainly impressive, but also leads to a bigger question in your tell-all. You state that you took them like candy, sprinkling them, sprinkling them into Gatorade and wait for it, pouring them over ice cream. But the real conundrum is this. Since this predated your Tillamook discovery by over three decades, what brand of coffee ice cream was your accessory in this prose peccadillo? 
Well, my favorite coffee ice cream of all time was Howard Johnson's, but I don't think I ever got that in Washington, D.C. So at that point, I don't know. Maybe it was Haagen-Dazs. It was Haagen-Dazs around at that point. I think it was around Haagen-Dazs. I think so. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not certain of that. Um, yeah, I think it was around then. Oh, this is, for the sake of this story, please don't read my name, as I don't know of Augusta National's policy on this, and I don't want to run afoul. You can just refer to me as C. I served as a gallery guard at this year's Masters tournament. As a loyal little, I knew that Steve Sands would be on the grounds as well. As I am assigned to a particular hole, I knew the chances that he would happen by would be slim. However, I was determined to make sure he knew that there were littles on the ground of Augusta. As of Sunday morning, I still, not had, I still had not found a way to utter the most meaningless phrase to the uninitiated, but to those in the know, the code word would bring a smile to Sansy's face. Since I have access to the grounds before the gates go up, I found my way to the Golf Channel platform behind the main scoreboard around 7.30 a.m. Recognizing Damon Hack on the platform, I called out, excuse me, do you have a way to speak to Steve Sands? He informed me he had just talked to him. I said, would you relay a message for me? Please tell him that a gallery guard said La Cheeserie. He eyed me with suspicion, but repeated the phrase out loud a couple of times to make sure he got it right and assured me he would pass along the message. If you talk to Sands, please ask him if Damon passed along the message. If he didn't, I'll have to wait until next year's tournament to bring a smile to his face. <laughs> yes, I got to work seven days inside the ropes at the most famous tournament in golf. But if Steve Stans didn't get my lachiserie, then what are we even doing out here? I need to know the hole. <laughs> right. From Jeff Piggott. And this is so inside. I love this so much. Mr. Tony. Nice to see the great Jimmy Dunn on hand to hug the new Masters champ behind 18 green. Also, I was at the Tuesday practice round. Thankfully, I did not have to lay down in the tub to wash my hair. <laughs> as, as some do in Augusta. So I saw the great Jimmy Dunn and immediately sent him a message That's that brilliant. I had seen him. That's and he sent back a message. And the headline was because I had said, Hugging Rom. And he went, awesome. <laughs> if you're out on your bike time, everyone is always to wear white. Yeah, here's the thing. We're not the wonders right now. We're Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. <laughs> she took to the mound the long lanky dame got him one two three in the opening frame the second and the third it was more of the same the night louis gluck pitched a perfect game i'm tired of having hands in the fourth inning she said in the fifth she cried i think i can remember being dead in the sixth she was dominant the hitters they looked lame the night louis gluck Pitched a perfect game, a hardliner in the seventh, but in her glove it died. She shrugged and muttered, you will never be satisfied. Three strikeouts in the eighth, as three more outs she claimed. The night Louise Glick pitched a perfect game. Birth not death is the hard loss, she said, and came out for the ninth. The count reached two and two, the batter looked at a third strike. She cried out, you get on. A train, you disappear. The hitter, he was helpless. She'd found another gear. And with two out in the ninth, she still was throwing flames. The night Louise Gluck pitched a perfect game. They begged her for a quote before her shower. She said, the unsaid for me exerts great power. Then she ambled to the dugout, grabbed some soap and ditched her clothes. Said, nakedness in women is always a pose the ball is now in cooperstown in the hall of fame from the night louis gluck pitched a perfect game the night louis gluck pitched a perfect game
average concert is just too long They gotta cut the time of the concert down So here's a new rule they'll only be allowing Fifteen seconds in between songs Fifteen seconds in between songs Hey, Mr. Springsteen, your stories are fine How you drove across that New Jersey line But your story's too long, you broke the code You'll be penalized the first verse of Thunder Road Hey, Paul, when you expound upon The early Beatles days when it was you and John But twenty-two seconds just ain't right Please eliminate the first verse of Hard Day's Night Fifteen seconds in between songs Fifteen seconds, he can do no wrong We got things to do, please move it along Fifteen seconds in between songs Hey, Neil Young, it's cool that you mine Your tales of Woodstock in 69 Forget that story quickly told And hit that first chord of Heart of Gold Fifteen seconds, fifteen seconds Fifteen seconds in between songs